Hi, everybody. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Vicky. Hi, Vicky. Hi, Bree. Hi, Bree. Hi, Lynn. <laughs> We're not high. Don't worry. We are telling on ourselves, though. We are. We're high on life. We are high on life, and um, we are super excited that you're here because this episode is about sisterly love, and today happens to be Women's Day, National International Women's Day. Yes, it is uh, March 8th, 2020, in case we need a reference point at some point, because I like to have those little reference ticks in my... In my, um, she has lots of ticks. I do tickle, lickle, <laughs> tickle, tickle. They they tickle niggle the they niggle my tickles. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> we have a first thought wrong, and today um, we're going to do before the sisterly love. But of course, we want to tell you who we are. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling on ourselves. Telling on ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Yes, that was beautiful. And I have first thought wrong. This is Vicky. Get dun, it, Vicky. Get it. Um, so this week I have been in like supersonic uh, marketing mode. And it's funny because I'm a salesperson by trade and I'm a life coach by trade, but I hate marketing myself. It is painful. And... Um, and the one thing about it that is so difficult is, is everything okay over there? Okay. Um, the one thing about it is so difficult is, is putting yourself out there like a open wound book, whatever we want to call it. And, and so last week I was just doing lots of stuff and I, you know, I was babysitting and, um, I came home it was a Thursday night. And so, uh, Thursday night I have a home group at my house and I left, you know, I was on my way home and it was one of my friend's anniversary and I wanted to get a balloon, stop at the dollar store and I wanted to create like a, a big beautiful sign and have everybody sign it and I want, then I had to come back and get the Zoom call set up and make sure that was set up and then I had to make sure my house was clean and there wasn't any poop in the toilet because my 13-year-old doesn't, or 14-year-old sometimes forgets to flush. And, you know, I mean, just all the things. You had to pick up kids. Did you mention that Oh, already? yeah. I had to pick up kids. And you also had a call after the meeting, like oh, immediately, yeah. like 7.30. Like, I, I, my smart, organized self, um, that is a self-deprecating joke, so I'll give myself a ding because my sponsor says I can't do self-deprecating jokes, which is very difficult with this podcast, I must say. But, yeah, I had a call scheduled at 7.30, and my meeting goes from 6.30 to 7.30, so I, I made everybody leave. Well, I tried to make everybody leave, but anyways, I won't get into that. Um, what I will get into is that um, my first thought wrong was everything. <laughs> well, first of all, that was 20 Shades of Lynn. That was my previous week. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> and you did manage it. I did manage it. You did. And I was assertive in my communication. Yes. Guys... Get, we have to leave. Get the fuck out of my house at 725. I yeah. <laughs> really? That's what I said. No, I would never say that. No. Not 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 out loud. In my head, maybe. <laughs> um, but we, we it really all ended up working out and and the call ended up being really good for me because I had to create well, and I didn't create my last email of the challenge. So I did this challenge, this five day superpower challenge, which is still gonna be available. If people sign up, I'll keep doing it. It's free, it's awesome. You go through 
through your strengths, you go through your values, you go through what makes you unique. It's just a really cool journey. And then you come to the point where you can figure out what your superpower is, hopefully, or several superpowers. Yeah, it's a really cool um, uh, exercise. That yes. was the word I was looking it's for. It's fun. Yeah. But so I didn't create the final email to figure out, like, how are they going to figure it out? But having my call and getting that all done, it was divinely situated and it all worked out the way it was supposed to because I was put in the creative mode. And, and you know, sometimes being crunched is good, but we don't want to crunch ourselves in between too much stuff because when we do, we're smashed. And I don't want to get smashed. We're whirling dervishes we when are. we do that. And you know what I just thought of when you said that, my image that came in my head, there's this really cool park in southern Tennessee called Rock City. And, and I don't know if you guys up here in Illinois, I think if you're traveling south, you may have seen it, but it was like Mecca when we did family vacations when I was a kid. You went to Smoky Mountains and you went to see Rock City and they had a fat man squeeze where you had to try to squeeze between two boulders. And the previous week when I had said yes to way too much and didn't really contemplate that I needed to be able to breathe in between each commitment, I was I was stuck between those two boulders of the fat man squeeze. It was awful. And, I, and it, you know, it's like, how many good lessons did I get out of this and how many lessons am I going to remember, right? It's like you want to be sure that you're um, uh, taking care of yourself and remembering next time what you can say yes and no to. You should see how discreetly, like as if you can see <laughs> what Lynn's doing right now. Like every time, every week, she puts her phone on the table and it buzzes inevitably every <laughs> single week. And every single week, she carefully takes it, lifts it. She holds it for a moment and then she puts it somewhere <laughs> hidden like like you guys can see that I she know. has her phone. Well, it's, it's on vibrate, but it makes the table... <laughs> Right, but I have it out because I do the definition. It's okay. You've allowed to have it out. And if the table vibrates, so be it. And earlier when you asked me if I was okay, it's because I'm very sniffly today because seasonal allergies are starting and I don't want to sniff into the microphone. So I, well, I'm trying to be practicing stepping away from the microphone while you guys are talking. Please sniffle behind you. Everybody's afraid of snifflers right now. I know. Oh, Cause, goodness. Because of that CVID. What are they called? CVID. COVID, COVID, that's it. Yeah. And um, I'm not buying into the hype. I, I just think it, again, you know, you see all these memes. Have people not been washing their hands before? Right, right. Or, or, the best one is the illest. Um, when you're the illest, you won't get it. <laughs> and it was, it had a picture of the Beastie Boys. So, you know, it was pretty awesome. Aww. Yeah. Mike D. Yeah. So, um, so this week is about sisterly love or brotherly love. It's about um, your tribe, basically. Yeah, loving, so, loving your people. So tell us how to do that, Lynn. Well, in Definition Corner, I have for sisterly love, brotherly love, feelings of humanity and compassion toward one's fellow humans. And then I also found feeling that a person's happiness is very important to you, the way you show this feeling in your behavior towards them, which I really liked. I love both of those definitions. Yeah. Because this principle is based off of step eight, which is making a list of people, people we've, we've harmed, harmed and becoming willing to make amends to them all. Yeah. And that is putting someone else before you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. I mean, we do it to clean house and to, to continue to grow spiritually. Right. But we really also do it to give them freedom and peace so that if they do have some sort of resentment against us, we give them freedom 
by like you know apologizing and trying to make it correct. Right. Well, it, and and step eight is being willing. Willing. So it really is one of those steps that you do to like you um you just have to. It's almost like a resurrendering of our. Will mm-hmm. right? I need to. I need to be willing to come to the table with everyone. And 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 when you were talking, Brie, it made me think of it's a win-win situation. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes you don't get the response that you like. But I would say ninety-nine percent of mine have been very positive very experience. Positive. Um, I wanted to add in there uh, when I did this the first time. They say we're making amends, and you know what a word person I am, and sometimes I'm very literal about that. And amend means to change, mm-hmm. and I was really hung up on that. I'm like, you can't change what you already. Of course, you can apologize for what you did, but making an amends is not changing what's already happened. And I kept getting hung up on that, and I couldn't move forward with it. And someone said, "No, we do a living amends." And again, um, I'm still kind of trying to figure out rationally because I need to know, you know, specifically what that means so that my brain can process it and I can move forward. And I finally grasped what a living amends was. It's even if you can't rectify a situ- uh, a thing that you did before, in in it's like paying it forward basically. And when this when I just read this definition, it made me think of that you're taking another person's happiness into account that's very important to you. And you do that by showing this feeling in your behavior towards them. And that is the living amends that we make with the people that we've harmed and even including ourselves because we've harmed ourselves over and over and over again. And this really kind of, um, it maybe was like that last little thread that I needed to tie together because I do get hung up on the literal idea of an amends. And if you're in recovery, you cannot get caught, caught up in literal things because there are so many paradoxes in this program that it's not even funny because they tell you to live one day at a time, but they also tell you, I don't know, I can't remember, I was just thinking about this the other day. We don't need to worry about that, but there are a lot of paradoxes. Well, so. it's like stay abstinent forever one day at a time. Yes, That's like exactly the paradox. Right. It's yeah. like we, you know, we make a decision that we're going to stay sober forever one day at a time. <laughs> and it was interesting that I didn't realize how literal I needed to be with certain things until I started working on myself and working on this program. And I, I'm still realizing like things that I will let be a roadblock for me in my growth simply because I can't logically, rationally get it to where I need to be to move forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I'm experiencing that right now going through steps again. Um, Yeah, it was easy for me the first time around to Mm -hmm. turn over my will, and now I'm having a hard time with it in certain areas of my life, like work, um, with that whole compensation thing. I'm still having a hard time, (laughs) and it... Like, like, what is okay? So, what does it mean to give this over? Does it mean I go find another job? Does it mean I'm just okay with what I'm doing right now when I just, you know, give it a chance? Like, what is God's will? Like, I'm having a hard time figuring out, and I'm so I'm taking it so literally mm-hmm. that it's clouding mm-hmm. the it flow. Does. Yeah, it, it it's a roadblock. Yeah, it's blocking me. It's like putting <laughs> the beaver dam in the stream. It is. Well, and and I think that's kind of the whole idea of all of these steps is it doesn't just come overnight and the pause piece of it is the hardest part of this whole program because we have to pause and let ourselves figure that out and stop being so um, 
so hard on ourselves trying to make it happen and and rushing to an answer and getting into action instead of like we have to take action it works if you work it mm-hmm. however you also have to speaking of paradoxes you have to be patient and let that thing be revealed to you what's important and and in the meantime here's here's where it 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 gets hard is you, you still have to be esteemable you still have to show up and do the next right thing even though you're uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And that's, for me, sometimes the hardest part. It is. Um, Yeah, I I find myself a lot of times getting um, all caught up in the hows and the whys. And if I'm concentrating on the hows and the whys, I'm not looking at the big picture. So I'm, I'm seeing one particular tree that's not in alignment with the other one, so my forest is fucked. You know what I mean? But the forest has so many beautiful oh, no. crooked trees. What's wrong? The crooked trees are the best ones. They are. With the, with the cool, crazy knots. That, well, that's lens control issues. <laughs> well, it is kind of funny that with this program, the how and the why is always hindsight. You know, like that's when we start to see the whole picture come together. We're just told pretty much... Yeah, well, you know, and people try to explain to us the best they can the how and the why, but if we're still not seeing it, then eventually they go, well, you know what, just do it then. You know, just why don't you have a little bit of faith, mm-hmm. just do it, and then it gets you get to the end and you're like, oh, It will reveal itself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was the plan all mm-hmm. along. Or, oh, yeah. I see now why I had to do A, B, C before I could feel D. Right. And now I'm, the, the, this gift of feeling freedom or serenity Ah, you know, it's, it really is kind of funny how the high and the wow, how in the, the The high and the 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 wow, the high and the wow come after. Yeah, it does. does. And that's what you said about faith. Because we're high on life and that's a wowzer. And we're going to walkie dockie our way into freedom by these steps. That's right. And part of that freedom is, you know, going out there and kind of like that we watched a little video today just about like empathy is about going down to somebody else's level to really understand them and not just saying, Oh, Hey, I, so, you know, when you're, we're making amends to people or when we're getting to that component of, you know, who we've harmed and, and how we need to make it right. It's really feeling empathy with how we've treated people versus just like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm sorry mm-hmm. that you you know what's the worst is someone goes, Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Oh, you're sorry I feel that way. So it basically just negates mm-hmm. everything. That they're part they have any part in those yeah. And it's like, oh you're how can you even be sorry for how I'm feeling? So it's just it's the worst. My trigger is uh welcome to my world. That is <gasps> I hate that so much. Because it, it, it's invalidating everything you said. It's like, well, you're not special. You're not new. It's not like you're doing anything that any everybody else hasn't done. Right. Yeah. Well, well, I want to read something because in that you know that paper book that I was reading from before, it kind of talks about this. And it says, as we compile our list, reflecting thoroughly on our past and our violations of others' boundaries, there may be a tendency to justify our own behavior, making excuses for why we behaved the way we did. If you find yourself doing this, it may be necessary to back up a couple of steps to perhaps become a little more willing, a little more teachable and humble. Brotherly love, sisterly love means accepting others as they are, not imposing on them how we think they should be. We are changing our attitudes 
not trying to change theirs, however much to our disliking theirs may be. This distinction demands discipline and moral courage as well as humility. It is the plank in my own eye that causes me to resent and exaggerate the speck in my brother's eye. Only if and when that plank has been removed from my vision can I successfully see my part in my relationships without trying to justify my behavior. That's so good. Um, and you know what I keep thinking about is um, we have a, an acceptance prayer, and it's like when something or someone or a situation's bothering you, instead of focusing on what they're doing, look about look at your part in that. And that has saved me so many times. That's given me my pause. It's like, why, what's going on with me that this is bothering me so much? Yeah. yeah. We, we had a step 10 thing, and I know this... Step 10 is doing all the other steps basically in one step. Well, four through nine in one step. And yesterday they were talking about how first you have to uh, ask God for help, right? Become willing. Then you then you need to tell somebody that you did this, preferably your sponsor or a confidant. Then you uh, figure out what your part is. And, and make amends, promptly making amends, promptly saying, hey, I'm sorry, I screwed up. And then you are supposed to help another. Then you're supposed to help another. So this love part, this sisterly, brotherly love is so important because what happens is, is it takes you out of yourself, your feelings about how you got hurt and puts you into, okay, the zone of... Empathy. Hey, I did this. I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work on changing that behavior and how can I help... Maybe you're not necessarily helping that person, but maybe you help somebody else. Yeah. It's reintegrating yourself, too, into the world and people's, um, I don't want to say people's lives, because that's not the goal necessarily, is to be back a part of people's lives. But it's, you know, we cut ourselves off from society a lot, not just if we were, like, isolated you know, isolationists, like, you know, users by yourself, but just like with our behaviors, we were like literally like cutting people off. Like, I don't care about you and how you're feeling and you getting your way. I'm just going to do what I need to get my way. So yeah, it is about, you know, I feel like reintegrating. Well, and part of with me, I would pretend like I was, um, (laughs) I was doing what I thought was best for them so that, but I would, but I was doing it with with uh, motivations of also getting what I need. So I was just trying to make a win-win for everybody. And I had justified that behavior very much because I was thinking about the other person ultimately with one goal in mind. How am I going to get home as quick as I can get home and do what I want to do? Right. Under the guise of it's in their best interest. Helping them out. Yeah. Yes, sales person by trade. (laughs) Well, and we make a list of all people we had harmed. It doesn't say all people we had harmed and also harmed us so that we are only going to make an amends into, you know, when they recognize their part too. I think that was what was hard is there were a lot of people on the list that I felt also owed me something in return, or I could say, oh yeah, well that's the pot calling the kettle black. You know, if they expect me to make an amends that, you know, here I can list 10 things that they did to me that I should should really get an apology for and amends for as well. But it's not about that. It's like, regardless, it's just what we do, you know, just... Well, it's about love, right? Yeah. Right. That's it's, why it's, love, it's, it's interesting that love goes un- with this step yep. because we have to love enough. When you love, you can't hold, you can't take, can't, 
uh, keep score. When you right. love, you have to love out of genuine. Exactly. Okay. I, I've never put these two together, right? I never understood why love went with step eight, but now I understand it takes a lot of love on my part, loving if someone did something to me or not, that I'm willing to say, hey, listen, even though even though I know that I can justify my behavior, I have to love myself and them enough to say, hey, this wasn't okay. I'm not okay with the way I behaved. And I choose, what can I do to make this right and, and have a loving relationship with you or not? Right. But ultimately having a loving relationship with myself and my higher power giving me the strength to do it. So cool. When you were um, just saying that, it made me think about my sister and mine's relationship my sister and mine, my, sorry. Don't ask me about grammar. <laughs> I know I'm getting caught in details again. So we, you know, we had a rough childhood. It was a lot of chaos and we took care of each other. And as we grew as into adults, our roles had been defined as children out of survival and we both were evolving, but it was a very rocky, rough, up and down, back and forth. It'd be one step forward and two steps back in communication because really that's that was our thing. And we had these triggers that had been installed when we were very small and we were still operating on life relationships with those triggers from children that were just protecting themselves. And what we are still discovering, because we work on it, we we are constantly working on it, is knowing for me, I can't speak for her, I can only speak for me, that I have I'm finally starting to, not I haven't done it, but I'm starting to let go of needing to be right or prove a point because it doesn't matter. You know, her relationship and my love for her and her happiness is so much more important than being right or mm. getting to do what I want to do. And that took me, I'm 51. It's taken me this long to figure all of that out that for our relationship to be in a good, happy place, because she really is one of the most important people in my life, it doesn't matter if I'm right or if I get what I want. Her happiness is much more important. Well, and that's humility. That's true humility and love. Mm -hmm. That's love. And um, it's when we're hurt, it's hard to do that. And I think we all operate, and well, I've, I've listened to a lot of self-development stuff and they talk about the amygdala and how the amygdala is trying to keep us safe. And that is um, fear, where fear comes from most of the time. And when we're used to being traumatized or feared, it doesn't matter how long. When it was imprinted, when we were chi children, small children, we, we automatically, if something even smells like a little bit of that feeling coming on, we go there. And it is, it is work to train ourselves not to go there, mm. to remind ourselves that Hey, wait. Let's look at the. It's that pause. That mm -hmm. that pause is the. Ugh, it's the hardest but best thing. Right. I remember she was visiting uh, about a year ago, and we were out doing fun sister things, and I had gotten in this little hamster wheel of needing her to admit that I was right, and I don't even remember what it was about. I couldn't let it go. And it, you know it it stuck with me like for an entire afternoon. And she finally said, "Why are you needing this?" And I'm like, "I don't know, but I do." She goes, "Well, do you want me to say it?" I'm like, "That's not going to fix it." You know, it's and that that took courage for us to be able to have that conversation that was difficult and could potentially be hurtful for both of us and could blow up our afternoon and run a day because we don't get a lot of time together. And you know, I think for us, both of us, our expectations to make the most of our time puts too much pressure on us. And, and if you think about just any relationship in your life, 
you don't want to like plan this day and have all these fun things planned and somebody gets their feelings hurt and then suddenly the day blows up into not the direction you wanted it to go. So what's interesting, I have a question for you. Um, She's not in the program and you are. Correct. And so how does that, how, how has that, was she always very aware and open and talky or has it been because of recovery that it's bled into that relationship? She actually started going to pretty intensive therapy about five years before I got sober. So okay. she's well ahead of the curve of communication. But but again, she can be great in her communication and uh, relationships in every aspect of her life till she gets to me because ours were so ingrained yeah. in the dysfunctional. So it wasn't until I started recovery and started it that we actually, we had made some progress and we we had made a lot of progress let me be clear but it wasn't until I got into recovery that we could start having really healthy communication that was not always going to end up with someone being hurt because it's so important we look at our own part in it we cannot just one person just can't do the work I guess is what it boils down to and it reminds me there was this uh, lady that said um, I think her name is Brooke Castillo you need to show up being with your whole self being able to be loved, and I need to show up with my whole self being able to be loved. We can't make each other love each other. We can't love each other into being better, basically. Right. We have to make ourselves better and show up and just love and be loved. And and like I remember I used to say to my ex all the time, you don't make me feel like you love me. You don't make me feel loved. And And that's not what it's about, right? Right. It's so hard. It is, but not impossible. No, but cool when you get to that point. Like, Mm -hmm. who cares that it took until you were 51? Some people never get there. Yeah, Yeah. And I do see that a lot, too, in in normal world relationships. And I'm I'm talking any kind of relationship, friends, work, love life. Um, I mean, until we learn how to see what our part is in that, how are we going to truly and honestly feel that the other person's happiness is so important to us that we're willing to take a step back, pause, and look at, examine what we're doing in this situation. And then it inevitably gives you happiness, Mm -hmm. but you don't think it's going to. Mm -hmm. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. But good stuff. Yeah, very, very much so. And, um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of at a like a. Mm-hmm. This is all deep. Like I'm processing right now. Yeah, it's super heady. Um, I love the. I keep looking back at the definition and just thinking about how much that is in, a part of my life now. Is just taking myself out of the equation and thinking about the other people. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at too. Uh-huh. Just from what you were both saying, that's marinating right now. Yeah. So I think we're gonna do our golden nuggets. Yeah, Jeez, we we did it quick. We did. We cut to the we cut the fat off real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my I'll, I want to go first because, um, I well because I love this. <laughs> but Lynn, when you were telling the sis, the story about your sister, and love is more important than being right, and their happiness is important, prioritizing that. That's love. I just feel like I get stuck there a lot with also needing to be right sometimes. And I can think of a few relationships that still to this day within the last week, I have needed to be right instead of thinking about their happiness or love or the the underlying goal, like principle of that. 
and it is ego. It is so it is. protecting my ego and my it's pride. And man, I'm gonna I am going to go into this week thoughtfully with that idea of of dropping that. The irony is is the people that we do that to are the ones that we love the most. Yeah. That's the irony. Well, and it's just sad because it, it really does break both like both people down. Mm-hmm. It is destructive. It is awful. So well, and it goes back to the four agreements, and we're just trying to prove something to somebody else, right? We're doing that, trying to be right, usually not to that person, but it's to somebody else. They're triggering something in us that 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 fight from way back when. Mm-hmm. I need to be right. You don't ever think I'm right, or whatever the case is. Right. Um, it's usually not right. even about them, <laughs> right? Right. Right. <laughs> that is so right. <laughs> Um, exactly th- right. <laughs> it is. That's exactly right. Um, Vicki, you said something about the pause to figure out how to move forward and just how important the pause is in any kind of relationship. Um, when we are at that visceral level where we're just reacting, 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 you are, there's never going to be a good, healthy outcome if you're constantly reacting. So when you take a pause, that gives you a minute to think and then to respond as opposed to reacting. And in, you know, in our relationships that, with people that we love, if we don't have some kind of good, clear communication, it's all going to just blow up anyway. Mm. And, and giving ourselves, allowing ourselves to have the permission to pause is life-changing. Well, it change it helps our brain process things mm-hmm. because when we react, for me, when I react, I'm not thinking of the whole big picture. Mm-mm. I'm just thinking of immediate need. What? Why is this happening? Fear. Let's be done. You know, and and it never turns out good when I just react. Yeah. Now, it's important to be able to shift gears mm-hmm. for me. And, and see things, but I also, I like what you said just now, Brie, about taking it into my week and being thoughtful. And that's why these are principles that we're supposed to live by, right? And it's so interesting that we can get so far away from them mm-hmm. and we don't think about them on a daily basis. And there's a lot to think about, but if we just focus on it and practice, because it's a skill we can learn and use more often. Right. And we're not bad because we're not doing it. We're just human. And and obviously that's the course of our life trying to, there was that thing I posted on our awkward and awesome closed group about the spiral. You keep relearning and you keep going through things and it's a journey of rediscovery. And what I loved my golden nugget was what you said, Brie, about the how and the why, the, you know, the how and the why are hindsight, right? It's, it's hindsight, usually learning what, what happened? We just have to jump in on faith, and then eventually, like the fog lifts, and you can you can see the big picture. And sometimes you can't. And I remember my therapist when I was very much arguing about going into this program, and very much saying I don't believe in God, and I just don't believe in this stuff. Right? She said sometimes you just have to jump. That Martin Luther King quote about jumping off the staircase and not knowing where you're going to land. And sometimes that's the funnest part. Now I've discovered that it's actually fun to do that and that it actually usually ends up way better than what, than the safe. Safety isn't necessarily where joy comes from in my life. Mm -hmm. And again, when we talk about 
planning. It's not going to, it's not, it's never going to work out the way you want, you're planning it to, but it generally, if you do the next right thing and generally it's going to be much better, it's going to be the best way. And having, you know, that hindsight, it's like, okay, so next time I have something come up that's difficult, I've got that um, to experience to for my reference because I'm a I'm a reference person. I need to know. Okay, so that happened Evidence. before. Yeah, I need I need the fact based. Yeah. Like it's a little bit different situation, but you know it's going to be okay because it was okay right. last time. Right. I think I'm going to go into this week trying to really, really. I'm going to yeah. do an affirmation card in my bathroom mirror. I'm going to do it a reminder on my phone, like a set of reminder and a timer, and I'm going to ask myself is this love when I'm doing something? Mm -hmm. Like, is it love when I'm complaining at work? Is it love when I'm gossiping? Is it love when I'm, I just, everything. When you're annoyed, irritated. When I'm annoyed and irritated and I'm saying something passive aggressively. (laughs) You know, I I want it to be my mantra for this week. I love it. I'll take it too. And that's like in the pause. I mean, You know, the pause and in the pause, ask myself, okay, is this, and give myself permission to, okay, if the, th- the first thought was wrong, the first thought might not have been love, but then, you mm-hmm. know, to, to question that first right. thought, was that love? Is this love? And then, okay, so what is something I can say that's loving? Because I feel like I've spun ooh, this, like, last couple of weeks, maybe I spun out of, like, control on that. I need the mm-hmm. pause, so. Yeah. That's why I'm so quiet and contemplative in this. I love it in this episode right now. so And I do want to share with you all um, something exciting. I have been working on my meditation practice, and the other day I was doing something, and I was actually like jonesing to meditate. Like I wanted it, needed it. And this is going to be um, incorporated in this week. So that's all. Cool. So exciting. It's so exciting when the dots get connected for mm-hmm. me when the fog lifts and mm-hmm. I can see how, oh, I can't, that's what they meant when they said <laughs> to wait <laughs> and to be calm and be still. And, and I mean, people, this is not just from our program that people mm-hmm. have been saying this for years and you can, and you can say it in so many different ways. And, and one thing that I'm, I'm hearing is that lately is that it, it comes, it, it, it becomes a thing, well, it, it arrives in your life when you're ready to mm-hmm. receive it. And I feel very ready to receive this message. And, and, and it's, it's just so weird what's happening right now. I'm, I'm getting a visceral feeling of, oh boy. Yeah. This is, this is happening in my life when I allow it to happen. I'm, I'm getting very clear pictures of when it doesn't happen and when it does happen. And I'm, I'm just super impressed that I am able to even wrap my head around or even try to be open to it, be, even try to be willing. I mean, because I wasn't. Mm-hmm. That is not the Vicky of pre. Yeah, yesterday. And you know what that is? That's a relentless forward motion, sister. Somehow, some way, we'll yeah. get there. We just keep practicing this. Right. Well, thank you all for um, listening to us today, and I hope you got a little golden nugget out of some sisterly and brotherly love that'll help get you through the week. Yep. Anything else? No. Try Try it out. Try it out. We here at Telling On Ourselves, thank you so much for listening. Please, if you like what you heard, rate, review, subscribe, all those things. We're on social media all over the place, at Telling On Ourselves. Can't wait to hear. Bye-bye.